Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to the Morning Beat. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful uh, Monday, September 12th. We're glad you're here. Uh, Michaela is still raging in Las Vegas. She decided not to come back to L.A. because she doesn't have to. Uh, and, and she's joining us from Las Vegas. How are you, Michaela? Oh, my God, I wish that was the reason, honey. No way. My mama-in-law needed me, so I am here, honey. You know I'm a family gal. I was just trying to lighten it up a little bit. I didn't want you to have to talk about it. But, yes, that is very sweet of you. (laughs) Your your partner's mother is not feeling well, so you're staying there a little bit longer. Um, How was your weekend, though? Big album release weekend? It was so good. It was was really great. It's been so nice to be... uh, with all of my family, but uh, your uncle Dino you know, looked like he wild. he lived his best life the other day. By the way, yeah, <laughs> let's, let's talk about him for a moment. You went and got a massages in a massage chair in. Uh, it looked like you might have been in a casino. Like where were you doing? Where were you? What was going on? Um. Okay. Well, it was so cute. Everyone knows that I love my uncle Dino. He was the one that took care of my grandma, but uh, he was missing my grandma, so I took him to the Meadows Mall. Uh, here in Vegas that me and my grandma always went to and uh, we walked around to go visit my grandma that's what we like to do and so he saw one of those massage chairs and he goes oh I think that I could uh, use that I I would like it so we sat down and for five bucks he (laughs) uh, got his butt kicked (laughs) in the massage chair well he he made a comment about not not getting that much action in that area in a really long time and i just i fell in love with them all over again i was like you're so inappropriate (laughs) it's so perfect love it love it love it uh i know he was out of control so he he had a nice time he told everybody in the mall that I had an album out that was named after his mom, my grandma. Mm. Uh, so he was very, very proud. That's so and, fun. Uh, I, it's been nice. It's been nice. My family and Lisa's family are both absolutely insane. So it's been nice to be <laughs> with them. Oh, good, good, and good celebrating. for you. I love that. I love that. And I do send so much love, obviously, to your 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 mother-in-law. For all intents and purposes, she's your mother-in-law. I hope she makes yeah. a full recovery very, very soon. You stay as long as you hey. need to. Uh, you know I got things held down here in the studio. No worries at all. Um, it is Money Mondays also today. I do want to remind you, though, we, we were talking about uh, what do you need to make hourly to afford rent wherever it is that you live? The numbers might actually Ugh. shock you. I feel like so many Americans are living beyond uh, their means because we have to. 
and uh, inflation, rent prices, everything's going up, but wages have been stagnant for decades. So uh, it's going to be a fun little conversation. Uh, not always really fun, but informative and important. So stick around for that on Money Mondays. Right now, though, it's time for News on the Beat. Michaela, what do you have? Well, I will tell you also very quickly that Lisa and I were talking yesterday because our family is all in Vegas and our families are like really missing us and it feels like we're a little bit needed here. And so Lisa for 30 minutes said, how do we get AJ to Vegas to do the whole entire show <laughs> next year in Vegas? I'll build him a house. What does he need? We had a full conversation. Yeah, you're going to have to so talk. That might not be out of the question. Yeah. Tell her to talk to my husband. He's He's the one you have to convince. She might. She had a whole speech prepared. So uh, (laughs) I'll let you know. (laughs) Okay. The government of California has banned all state-funded travel to Georgia in protest of House Bill 1084. Georgia's recently passed bill, uh, passed law banning transgender girls from playing on sports teams matching their gender identities. California has also banned all state-funded travel to Arizona, Indiana, Louisiana, and Utah. As a result of each state recently enacting anti-LGBTQ legislation, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp signed the law in early April. Less than one month later, the Georgia High School Association, the athletic association that oversees Georgia high school sports, voted unanimously to enact a trans youth sports ban. The ban goes into effect at the start of the 2022 school year. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 82 in LA today, 89 in Vegas with a flash flood warning, 91 in Palm Springs, 92 in Houston, 89 in Miami, 68 in San Francisco, 72 in Cleveland, 91 in Cathedral City, 87 in Dallas, and 78 in Boston. Now give us a vibe of the day. Put your heart, mind, and soul into even your smallest acts. This is the secret to success. Even the small stuff. Yeah, put your heart into it, honey. All right, coming up, does the word queer baiting have no meaning anymore? And what does it really mean? Twitter is debating about it. And we've got that conversation coming up for you in seven minutes. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to the Morning Beat on this beautiful Monday morning. I'm here in studio. Michaela is in Las Vegas recording remotely from home. Uh, her mother-in-law isn't really feeling too well right now, so they wanted to make sure they stuck around to make sure that she makes a full recovery, which I fully support, Michaela. Um, having said that, uh, her audio might not sound exactly the same as mine, um, but that is the reality of living in this world in 2022 uh, through a global pandemic. So, uh, bear with us. Thank you so much always for supporting us. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I know it's so crazy. I feel like, um, you know, life is just very one day at a time sometimes. <laughs> yes. But, uh, you know, when your mama needs you. Of course. You've got to be there. And she's, uh, it's been quite, quite the journey. So yes. the Wi-Fi is not amazing, but uh, we got to be here. So this is what we're doing. Listen, I can't stop saying it, though. You're a family I, gal. Lisa, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Lisa said what? I, I just can't stop laughing because Lisa literally all night, uh, you know, I've been I've been in Vegas with my family and uh, your fa- my, my family needs me right now. And I, I didn't really realize how much they did. And so Lisa, for one hour last night, said, 
how do we get AJ to Vegas so we can just come back home to our family? And I was like, I don't know, Carl, but you're going to have to make that call. You better figure it out for next year's Channel Q. Yeah, good luck, Lisa. So you might Lisa. be getting a phone call. Perfect, perfect. She's got an entire speech planned for me, I'm sure. An entire speech. <sighs> well, let's talk about this. Queer baiting. Uh, what it is and what it is not. Uh, Twitter is debating left and right. People are upset. You know, was it queer baiting uh, when Bad Bunny... Uh, kissed one of his male dancers on stage after kissing one of his female dancers recently at the uh, MTV VMAs uh, is what Harry Styles does, queer baiting. He sort of, uh, when he appeared on, I think it was a cover of Vogue or a major publication wearing a dress, some people are saying he's pandering to our community because he has a long-term girlfriend, so he's not actually gay or bisexual or fluid. Um, but I'm curious to know your thoughts on queer baiting. Like, because I know as a, as a lesbian woman, it's a little bit different for you, and different things sort of trigger you. I know you don't like when uh, when a girl is at a, at a bar or she's out in public and she, she wants to, like, dabble and dip her toe in the lady pond, but she really has no intention of ever dating a woman. Um, mm-hmm. But some some celebrities sort of, like, get away with this to a degree. And I'm also curious to know if you think – First of all, is it problematic what Bad Bunny and or Harry Styles do? Uh, and do you think that's the same as someone like maybe Demi Lovato, who uh, then identifies as non-binary for a while and says she's kind of fluid, but now she's she again and she's into men? Are they different or are there levels to it? You know, it's really difficult to say. I think that the situation with Demi Lovato... Uh, was a bit problematic for our community. And I think that uh, it did not help our community because she went from, you know, they, them, to now she's decided that she really does respond more to they, them, her. And it really goes along the conversations of us just being confused and, um, you know, changing however we feel at any time that we feel like that. And, and for so many non-binary people, it's not like that. They've always, always felt like uh, they, them. And that's the fight that we constantly are fighting for. However, I think that somebody like Bad Bunny, I don't think it's queer baiting. I think that seeing somebody like Bad Bunny, and I, I mean, we could even ask Vanessa, our producer, seeing somebody who's so masculine, so Latin, so uh, machismo, like strong guy, kissing another dancer on stage. That's a really, really big deal. And I think it was almost, you know, historical. Well, because, because here's uh, the thing, and I, I want to get to you, Vanessa, because I do want to ask you, you are a fan of, of Latin music, reggaeton, like Bad Bunny, that whole genre, all those genres, right? And that maybe not all Americans are totally familiar with. But I know when Madonna kissed Britney and Christina, Nobody questioned if they were all lesbians. Nobody right. questioned if they were right. queer baiting at all. How do you see it when when Bad Bunny kisses a girl, then kisses a guy, then keeps on performing? Did it even register in your brain? Like honestly, he- no. I feel like he's authentically himself, mm. and from the start of his career, he is he hasn't uh, pushed himself as like the like oh I'm like this like I'm getting all the ladies. I'm yeah. yeah. He, that's not him. Like he even sings about defending women in yeah. his songs. Like. So when he does it, I just hear like, oh, Bad Bunny is just being himself. I don't even feel like he's queer. Yeah, it, he hasn't even told us that, like, that he's straight. 
He literally exactly. never has been like, I'm straight. Well, we all like make the he, assumption. Exactly. Even as queer people, we make the assumption that everybody is straight until they tell us otherwise. Maybe, just maybe, we're coming into an era, finally, where people are just people. And the internet has been deba- debating this. They actually, somebody created a, the queer baiting hierarchy, which is like a pyramid of like the, the ones who are absolutely worst at queer baiting uh, down to those who have minor offenses. Now, like some of the minor, more minor offenses, Billie Eilish is on there. Cardi B is on there. Um, uh, what's his name? Oh, who played in Call Me By Your Name. Young guy. It was Army Timothy. Hammer and Timothy Chalamet. He's on there. But then you get higher up the pyramid, and we've got people like Nick Jonas, who people have accused of queer baiting before. By the way, met him one time at a Golden Globes event, and I, I this was before Priyanka. I was certain certain I was going home with him that night. There was just an energy with that dude. And he was a friend of mine worked on his team at the time. And he kept staring at me from across the room. And I was like, Nick Jonas, what's going on? He could have been looking at somebody behind me. I don't know. But it felt like he was looking right at me. And we were in like a small ballroom hanging out of the bar. And I was like, this is insane. Um, but now he's married to Priyanka Chopra. But his gay fans love him. And then at the very top of this, this pyramid is, of course, Harry Styles. And I think what Harry Styles... Harry Styles to me isn't queer baiting. Harry Styles to me doesn't give an F and will wear a dress and flowery clothing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and will be like kind of fluid in his his presentation. But that to me is also no different than like Mick Jagger was. So I right. I don't I hear people, I hear that people get triggered, but also how are you gonna prove it? Like I went to the Lady Gaga concert the other night. And he made a joke about having to prove that we're gay. He's like, he's like, do you think everybody here is gay? Because <laughs> there's like so many gay guys there. And it was like 52,000 people at Dodger Stadium. I'm like, yeah, I think most of them. And I think uh, uh, they have requirements. You have to prove it before you buy your tickets. He's like, really? What do you have to do to prove it? And I was like, don't worry about it. So <laughs> I think that maybe we just live in a time when like people can be people. Yeah. 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 I think it's a great conversation. But I do think that uh, where there are so many times people have queer baited. I think Harry Styles, Bad Bunny, I think they're doing a good job of just bringing proper representation to our community, and uh, it's it's good to have. Yes. All right, coming up, what do you think is better uh, in a gay bar than in a straight bar? The differences are major. We're having that conversation next. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. I have a question for you, though, Michaela Gordon. What do you think is better in a gay bar than a straight bar? And I'm going to tell you why. There was a moment on Family Feud just recently that has gone viral. And uh, go ahead and take a listen. Hey, fellas, top seven answers on the board. Name something that's better at a gay bar than other bars. (laughs) Okay. So what do you think? What do you think the answer is going to be? What do you think people are going to start saying? Like if you had to buzz in, give your first answer, Family Feud, what is it? Oh, my God. There's so many things. Uh, The music. Okay. So you say music. I like that. And I think that would have been my first choice possibly. I'm going to say the people. The the humans are just better. Let's find out what the family Uh, said. Yes. Yes. Sex. (laughs) (laughs) Sex. What? X. Oh my gosh. The thing, this is wild because family, what? family feud is interesting because when you put people in a pressure cooker in front of a live studio audience with a famous celebrity host, 
and cameras on them, and they know they're going to be on TV, and you say quickly, first thing that pops into your head, and if you're a dude, and you're not like gay, bisexual, fluid, anything else, and the first thing you say about a gay bar is sex, all of a sudden everybody's antennas are going up. Because this guy, the way he responded so quickly is so brilliant, but also the sex is better, to be fair. Yeah, no, it is. Listen, gay clubs are just so fun because the amount of inclusivity and freedom that is there, you can truly be whoever you want to be at a gay bar. And also, people will talk to you. Sometimes at the straight clubs, they're like kind of mean. You're like standing against a wall, just not being able to talk to anybody. At the gay clubs, They'll pull you out. They'll they'll pull you out to the dance floor. They'll make you feel welcome. They'll make you feel loved. I mean, gay bars are just so much better. Drag queens will take money out of your purse. Yeah, it's just yeah. Like, no, um, no. But yeah. I feel like gay bars are a different environment. I feel like our our guard is actually down because we know we're in a safe space. And I, you know, I was talking to our producer here a moment ago uh, during a commercial break about this weekend, and I went to see Lady Gaga on concert at Dodger Stadium, and. I, I, I joke that it was 52,000 gay men and, and our allies, but it actually really was. And it was so fun to see this young generation because in our brains, we're always like, God, how do these kids dress nowadays? They all look like they, I went to high school with them. Everybody dresses like they're in the movie Clueless or they're you know in high school in the mm-hmm, 1990s. Mm-hmm. Girls are in chokers, guys in chokers, like like the pleather pants that people were wearing with crop tops and like dark eyeshadow. I'm like, what? I did that back in the 90s. Like, what's going on? And we realize it's just how kids are nowadays. And they, but the, the difference is, they're also more kind. I feel like not all of them, yeah. but they're by and large, it's now cool to be not cool. And when kids were dressing that way in the 90s, they were not the cool kids, oftentimes. They were like yeah. the outcasts who are a little bit different. Now that's in vogue. Like that's cool. It's trendy. And seeing these young queer people present themselves, young, young people who maybe looked like to an average person, like they would identify as male who may or may not identify as male wearing dresses and high heels. I just, it was just really, really fun. And I think Lady Gaga's concert was basically a big gay bar for me. Like it, it was like we danced all night long. We were sweating our faces off, and it felt like we were out of the club. And, I, and that's that's what I love about gay bars. They're just anything goes, and I think that's so beautiful. Yeah, I think that's the best thing. I remember even just being so young, and you know, being a like woman going out to the clubs. I haven't always felt safe in um, like straight clubs, and going into gay clubs, I've always felt like I could just totally get drunk, let loose, have a good time. And I was totally taken care of as a woman. I think a lot of women relate to that as well. Mm. Uh, Gay men are the best. They take care of you. They make sure you have your purse when you go home. It's a safe environment. And I just love love Purse first, honey. Purse first. Purse first, honey. (laughs) All right. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Did a major actress just come out as part of our community. Michaela, what do you have for us and what's popping? Listen, honey, the internet is losing their minds and very understandably because Susan Sarandon announced that she is bisexual on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon last week and people are very, very excited. She said... uh, that that's how that she's bisexual and uh listen susan's Randon could totally get it she's so hot 
She's so fun, so beautiful. And uh, the audience really chuckled as she said, I'm fluid, I'm very fluid. And I just, now I, I, I feel like, Watching the Banger Sisters, I'm going to watch it in a totally different light now because <laughs> oh I I feel like we could totally be in love. <laughs> I feel like there is a Banger Sister joke coming there somewhere. That is such a good film. If you've not seen it, her and Goldie Hawn <laughs> are like comedic like gems together. Um, yeah, she came out as like sexually fluid back in 2017. And this, this was interesting because they were actually talking about the fact that she likes both dogs and cats. So she said, I'm bi. And made a joke, and then Jimmy Fallon sort of was like, "Wait, what? Are you are you telling us something right now?" And she's like, "Well, yeah, I'm also bi." You're essentially, she was like confirming what she kind of alluded to five years ago, which I think is fantastic. Listen, I think she's like, I think she's nuts just because <laughs> she used to campaign for Bernie Sanders, and she hated Hillary Clinton so much, like the nasty, nasty things she was saying on like talk shows i was like you've lost your marble susan but oh wait susan didn't like hillary oh no she dragged her she's a big bernie girl and and it drove uh. me bonkers because i just can't stand bernie sanders personally um but that's just me i still think that stepmom is one of the greatest films ever created with her and uh. ed harris and julie roberts and i think the banger sisters I, I love susan sarandon but she's she's nuts but i'm glad she's Listen a part of our, our community that that tracks Stepmom, it, uh, this was the saddest situation ever. My, uh, when I was in like fourth grade, that's when the movie came out, mm. and my mom had just been diagnosed with cancer, and we didn't know, like, we, we knew that she would be okay, but my grandma, God bless Vivian, wanted to cheer me up, so she took me to the, oh my <laughs> to God, the no, movies. No, 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 no. And she took me to Stepmom. She took you to see a movie about a woman dying of cancer? After oh, wow. my mom was diagnosed with cancer and she had no idea. And halfway through the movie, she was like, uh, we could, we could, we could go. Me and my grandma <laughs> were criers. And I was like, it's okay, grandma. We're just, we're going to sit here. We're going to watch this movie together and we're going to enjoy it. Uh, thankfully, my mom obviously uh, healed perfectly. But um, yeah, that, that movie God. still makes me cry today. So devastating. <laughs> Not the best call, Viv. Not the best call, Vivian. All right, coming up, it's Money Monday. The hourly income you need to afford rent around the U.S. is what we're talking about. Find out what you need where you live coming up in the next hour. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Channel Q. It's about damn time for our second hour. Are you ready to go, Michaela? You excited? Let's go, baby. Let's make it happen. So we remind you, Michaela is recording from Las Vegas. Uh, she, Her mother-in-law is having some some health issues, so she's going to stick around, uh, stay in Vegas for a day or two to to make sure that everything is okay and she's feeling better. So we fully support that. Uh, her audio might not be 100%, but listen, even Michaela Gordon at 80% is still better than anyone else at 100%, if you ask me. I'm Thank just saying, you, Bubba. just my opinion, because I adore you. Oh my God, you called me Bubba. You know who says that all the time? Who? Dorit Kelmsley from uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She calls PK her husband Bubba all the time, and Bubby, Bubba, and Bubby. Really? Yeah, all the time. Oh, well, Bubby. you are kind of like my husband. Oh, well, okay. All right. Listen. You we know already, what? We're married. We already started this morning. You telling me that, that your partner Lisa is going to build a house for me and Emil to come move to Las Vegas, and now you're calling me your husband. You need to backtrack a little bit. You were okay. You, you were, have no idea what kind of conversation listen. you're in, in store for because you <laughs> think I'm kidding. You, but me and Lisa literally had a full hour conversation about you yesterday. Well, you were you were in my wedding. You did not get married to me though. Just I want to remind you. I think you kind forget. Of, I, I kind of did. You forget that sometimes. So we're not husband and wife, Michaela. Um, but I do he love you. Got married okay well i see we're going nowhere fast with this uh coming up this hour on the show we've got money mondays how much do you need to make per hour to afford rent in the city that you live in it's really interesting stuff uh also we're talking about gay men and their need to uh, appear muscular the pressure that a lot of gay men feel to have a certain Mm. physique Uh, this is a conversation that i can definitely relate to and i'm really curious to hear your thoughts um also and then you've got some big news coming up in what's popping at the end of the hour. But it's going to be a great hour here on The Morning Beat. We're glad you're here. Right now, though, let's get into some news on The Beat. All right, honey. Well, the Montana Department of Public Health and Human Services has just adopted a rule change forbidding transgender people from changing the gender listed on their birth certificates. The rule change is just the latest in ongoing legal battles between Uh, the Department of Public Health and Human Services, the state's Republican-led legislature, and trans Montanans seeking government uh, documents that display their correct gender identities. Now, the new rule says that a person's sex listed on a birth certificate can now only be changed if it was incorrectly entered by a data entry error or if the sex of the individual was uh, misidentified on the original certificate and the department receives a correction affidavit and supporting documents, including a copy of the results of uh, molecular DNA or genetic testing that identify the sex of the individual. A lot going on. All right, in other news, the government of California has banned all state-funded travel to Georgia in protest of House Bill 1084. Georgia's recently passed a law banning transgender girls from playing on sports teams matching their gender identities. California has also banned all state-funded travel to Arizona, Indiana, Louisiana, and Utah as a result of each state recently enacting anti-LGBTQ legislation. 
Georgia Governor Brian Kemp signed the law in early April. Less than one month later, the Georgia High School Association, the athletic association that oversees Georgia high school sports, voted unanimously to enact a trans youth sports ban. The ban goes into effect at the start of the 2022 school year. Now let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 78 in Boston, 87 in Dallas, 91 in Cathedral City, 73 in Buffalo, 68 in San Francisco, 92 in Houston, 91 in Palm Springs, 91 in Vegas with major rain, uh, 83 in LA, and 83 in New York. Now give us a vibe of the day. I do want to give our listeners an update right now as we're live on the air. Queen Elizabeth's coffin is traveling across Edinburgh to St. Gilles Cathedral, where King Charles III and other dignitaries will attend a service. The king earlier made his first address to Parliament in London when he referenced Shakespeare in saying that the queen was a pattern to all princes living. Uh, Charles then flew to the Scottish capital where he is following Queen Elizabeth's coffin in a procession after the ceremonial duties. Crowds of people are lining the streets in Edinburgh uh, and this uh, her funeral will actually take place in London on Monday, September 19th. It's a long process, um, but we will be keeping you up to date day by day on what is going on with Queen Elizabeth. I know some people care deeply, some people don't care at all. Uh, I've talked to my my mother-in-law this weekend, and she was like, eh, I could could take him or leave him. She is a Jamaican, which is a commonwealth of the the United Kingdom, and also she lived in London for a while, and she said, a lot of us don't really mess with the Queen too much, or the royal family, we're not really that invested. So I think it's interesting to see the world's reaction. It'll also be interesting to see if King Charles is able to remain king. I, I, I can't imagine, you know, people just being okay with this monarchy forever. They're worth $8 billion and they come under a lot of scrutiny, um, especially since Prince Di- Princess Diana passed away. I feel like a lot of people still blame the royal family for her death. So it'll be interesting to see how, how they navigate this new era, um, but we'll keep an eye on it for you as well. Uh, right now, though, here is your vibe of the day. Put your heart, mind, and soul into even your smallest acts. This is the secret of success. Yes, I love that. I love it. All right, coming up, it's Money Mondays. The hourly income you need to afford rent around the U.S. is the conversation we're having. So how much do you need to make? We'll have that conversation in seven minutes. The Morning B, Channel Q. Money makes double. Go around double. Go around double. Go around money. Oh, money. Love to have it. Wish I had more. It drives me crazy, but it also makes things really fun. Just spending a little bit of extra money on those Lady Gaga tickets this weekend at Dodger Stadium, worth every penny because we had good seats, honey, but they weren't cheap, right? And I think everything these days is just more expensive. Everything, everywhere you go is more expensive. Um, so what do you need to make to live comfortably where you live? There was a study that came out a few weeks ago we talked about here on the show, and my husband and I have brought up numerous times And it said if you live in Los Angeles County, for instance, and they did this for cities across the nation, but here in L.A. County, uh, to if you have a two two income household, so you're in a relationship or married or just have two incomes going towards your bills, you both need to make one hundred and forty nine thousand dollars a year plus to get into a house and to become a homeowner. And we looked at that number. We're like, wait, that we both make that overall, and and we're nowhere near a home just yet, 
right? We were able to pay for a wedding last year, which is a big expenditure, and that could have gone towards a down payment. However, it's expensive, and wages have been the same for 30 or 40 years now, and, and yet inflation is through the roof, gas prices are through the roof, and so is rent. So I know that you, before I get into actually what you need to make where you live, Michaela, I know that you... Just last year, you and your partner moved into a different location because you needed a little bit more space. But with that space came a much higher bill every month. What was the process like for you? And were you shocked when you started looking around for homes and, and seeing how much it cost? I mean, yeah, it's just crazy. It's it's unbelievable the amount that you pay. And I think the most frustrating thing is, you know, my partner's really brilliant and, and so smart. And she was a homeowner uh, before we ever met. So we have a beautiful home in Vegas that we can move into at any time. Uh, and I, as we like live in our two bedroom apartment where we pay an obscene amount of money, we're like, what are we doing? This has been a conversation uh, very, very often uh, with us because we're like, God, we have this beautiful big house in Vegas that we could just live in call it a day uh, instead of paying what would be a mortgage for so many people um, in LA. It's it's just really expensive and I think that it's making it a bit unlivable. The amount of money that you have to put down, mm -hmm. the amount of money that you have to uh, have prepared to just move. It's almost offensive. I mean, it is offensive. It is, offen it is well, offensive. Well, speaking to that point, the most affordable uh, state in the entire country to live in is Arkansas. They have the lowest hourly income needed for a two-bedroom rental. That's what we're looking at, two-bedroom rentals right now. Wow. In order to live in Arkansas, on average, uh, you need to make about $14.89 an hour, right? Which isn't like an obscene amount of money. A lot of people make that. However, the w minimum wage in Arkansas is still only $11. So you can't live off of that. Minimum wage has no. never been livable. But I'm in the most in the most affordable state in the entire country. The most affordable. $15 an hour is the bare bare minimum you actually need to keep up on your bills. And that's in Arkansas. We're talking places like California where like we have to make so much more money just to get by. And you know, we looked at rent recently and I think it was like $4500 a month to rent an apartment anywhere close to our size in our neighborhood. 4,500 bucks a month. Most people in the rest of the country don't pay $4,500 a month for their mortgage, let alone for, you know, for an apartment. Well, the minimum wage has not kept up with inflation. Back in 1968, the federal minimum wage was equivalent to what would be 13 dollars and 16 cents today and we're not even there yet right so this idea of getting to a 15 dollars minimum wage isn't really a, a big big deal honestly but for some reason uh the republican party in particular does not want to do that and and what could happen if you finally got wages to a livable place because here's the thing i went to europe last year right and the the way they lived their lives is so much more relaxed and beautiful and they spend time yes. with friends and family and they go out and have, they yeah. have family meals together and they drink wine and they take breaks in the middle of the day and the quality of life is just exponentially better than it is here in the United States for, for many of us, especially here in Los Angeles, I will say, because this is where I live. So I don't want to speak for everyone, um, but we're working 40, 50, 60 hour work weeks to keep up with this American dream 
and the American dream hasn't been true for decades. It's unfortunate. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Do you know what you have to make in California on average? In California, on average, to live in a two-bedroom apartment, $29.81 an hour. That's that's almost three times the minimum wage, right? I think in California, it might be 15, so that's like two times. But it's just insane. 30 bucks an hour to live in an apartment? Listen, you're about to get a phone call (laughs) from someone and they're going to try to convince you that if they build you a house, will you come to Vegas? And that phone call is very, very much coming. Uh, So get you and your partner ready because it's a little bit more affordable in Vegas. And this is where we want you to come. So get ready, little (laughs) schnookums. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. You know, it's so easy as humans to compare ourselves to others, but I feel like specifically gay men, uh, this is one area where I think that we've got it a little bit rougher than others uh, when it comes to you comparing like our bodies and looking at other men, especially if you live in a, in a, in a metro, uh, metropolitan area like Los Angeles, right? You go to the gym. Everybody seems to have a six-pack. Everybody looks like a supermodel. Uh, and there's an interesting article in Queer Tea right now that talks about you know gay men opening up about body positivity and, and, and living a sort of imaged-obsessed life, right? And I think for many of us, our 20s and 30s and some into their 40s and 50s, this is a very, like, a, very much a reality, uh, right? What do you think when you look at, at, at gay men, let's just say Los Angeles, because that's where we live, right? And maybe you can give us a, uh, how it's different maybe in Las Vegas. But when you see the pressure that gay men are under to have a certain body type, do you think that that's unique to them? Do you think that lesbian women feel the same pressure? Uh, or do you think that um, it's not unique to us and that we all sort of feel pressure to look a certain way? Um, yeah, you know, it's really interesting. I love gay men. And even over women, I have always found that gay men are my best, best friends. I had a album release party a couple days ago. And there were so many fabulous gay men as I was looking in the audience. And I was like, Oh, I love all of you. But I feel like uh, there's a very odd pressure for gay men to look a certain way. Mm. And just as an outsider looking in, I've always felt like the conversations with my gay uh, besties have been uh, that they're constantly trying to uh, stay young, stay fit, stay beautiful, whatever. And it, it really is totally unfair. I think that we all have a lot of pressure of looking great, but there's a weird stigma around gay men that I just don't understand. And the harshness that comes within the gay male community. I mean, I feel like you guys are meaner to each other than anybody else. Not you personally, but I'm saying like gay men in general. Well, I will say I think we're mean to ourselves too. And full transparency this morning, I'm not even kidding. I got up this morning and this weekend I had a blast. I did a lot of fun things. I went out to like good meals. I ate, you know, I ate, I ate In-N-Out Burger Friday night after we went to Six Flags and and, and did a lot of cardio, by the way, because Six Flags is a mountain and you literally walk uphill the entire time. But I got up this morning. I put on these shorts that I have because I wore like 
athleisure wear to work. I wear like gym clothes almost every single day because, you know, it's a radio show. Nobody sees us and I want to be comfortable. I put on these shorts and I was like, they fit a little more snug than they usually do. And I was like, oh God, oh no, I ate too much this week and I need to go work out like crazy or something, right? And that's my cycle. It's always been my cycle. And I was standing waiting for my elevator this morning and there's a full length mirror there. And I, I kid you not, I looked into the mirror and I said, you're beautiful. I love your body and I love you. And then I got on the elevator because sometimes we have to hype ourselves up. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves like you are fine just the way you are. And listen, I wear a size like 33 waist and I'm six foot five. I weigh 215 pounds right now, which is five or 10 pounds heavier than I would like to be. But also I'm fine. And I think so many times as gay men, we think that unless you have a six-pack abs, unless you have that torso that you're willing to post on Grinder or Scruff or wherever you are, we feel like failures. And and I mean, so much so that I got liposuction last year before my wedding, right, on my abdomen because there were just areas that I could not get rid of. And they're still soft-ish, and I haven't worked out as hard as I could maybe to get them fully to where I would like them to be, but also... I've had a really great year and I enjoy my life and I love a good meal and a cocktail. So to to actually have six-pack abs takes such insane commitment and such uh, sacrifice. I'm just not willing to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And you shouldn't because you know what? Everyone deserves in and out. It's delicious. Oh my gosh, so good. And I'm actually, I was listening to everything you said, but then I also was thinking. In and out. An- really animal style right with now. cheese oh, on the fries and a milkshake. I mean, come on. Give me a break. I'm starving. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. So this one was a big juicy story over the weekend. It was a topic of our conversation at brunch yesterday. Ray J back in the news uh, for going, uh, sort of going off on a very famous family. Michaela, what's popping? All right, well, Ray J is taking issue with Kris Jenner's claim that she had nothing to do with the release of his infamous sex tape with Kim Kardashian. The tape, which came to be known as Kim Kardashian Superstar, was made public in 2007, five years after Kardashian filmed it with her then-boyfriend. But the rapper and reality star took to Instagram on Saturday to post a 28-minute Instagram video while on vacation in which he condemned the Kardashian family. He also threatened to come after them legally, threatening to sue for defamation. He said, you going to try to crush my career, make me look stupid when you know you were the mastermind. Chris, you know you ran the play. And basically he's saying that Chris Jenner is responsible for leaking the video, all of which people assumed for many, many years. And he's done being quiet about it. Uh, I believe him. Well, didn't she <laughs> do? Did. She did a lie detector test on some talk show last week, like James Corden or Jimmy Fallon. One of them did a lie. Just James Corden. Yeah, on James Corden. And, and she passed the lie detector test. But those things are really not very reliable, to be honest. Um, but I was saying to our producer, Vanessa, I, I love the Kardashians. I really do love them. I watch their shows. I, I'm always into them. However, every single man who has ever dated, married, or had a child with a Kardashian or a Jenner, their lives have fallen completely apart. Like, 
every, fallen every completely apart. single person. Like Lamar Odom, God bless him, overdosed in a, at a brothel in Vegas. And and Chris Humphreys has not had an easy go at it. Reggie Bush for a long time struggled. You know, Pete Davidson is in, in therapy right now because of the abuse from Kanye. And Kanye, God help him, that's his own thing. Like Scott Disick, like, like Caitlyn Jenner, literally like everybody who's been in a relationship with any of them Tristan Thompson, the list goes on and on and on. Travis Scott, I mean, everything, their lives are just falling apart. And listen, yes, I'm just saying, no. listen, yeah. and they're like, they're like the house of the Kardashians. They're like witches. They yes. often are compared to witches. Yes. And they literally and I, ruin I, men. Listen, I love them. I think they're really fantastic. I think they're really smart, crude uh, businesswomen. That's fan- that, That's great. That, in and of itself, that's fine. But also they're man eaters. <laughs> it, it's it's one thing if one or two people had like a certain experience, but every single person who's come into their lives in a romantic way, in some way, shape, or form, their lives have fallen apart. All That's of them. That's right. It's just That's wild. Right. Where there's it's smoke, there's fire. A thousand percent. Listen, those Kardashians are not innocent. And I don't know what they're doing over there. I don't know what they're brewing. We love those gals, but they are. I don't know what they're doing. Ruining or, men's or, lives. Doing or brewing. Doing our brewing. All right, coming up, uh, we're talking about our very resilient community. Uh, there's a new school that centers around queer identity, uh, and we're having that conversation in the next hour. You don't want to miss it. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. So Rain On Me was Lady Gaga's final song of the night at her Chromatica Ball that I went to Saturday night at Dodger Stadium, and it was just phenomenal. She literally opened the show with uh, Bad Romance, Poker 
Poker Face and Just Dance back to back to back. And it was like bang, 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 all these huge hits. And then 30 some songs later, she got to rain on me. And I tell you what, Michaela, <laughs> it rained earlier in the night and it had stopped oh by, the, by this point. But I was like praying to the gods, please rain on us when she sings Rain on Me. It did not. But we sure did full-on hand choreography the entire time and made it rain on ourselves. It was so much fun. Oh, I love it. I feel like everybody was at Gaga yeah. uh, this weekend. And uh, it's just so cute to see everybody and how they dressed up and how they wore uh, their chrome and they made their makeup incredible. Yes. I, I bet it was just so fabulous. Well, Dodger Stadium is so iconic. We, some of the, like, like, like Elton John, when he went on tour back in like, was like 1980s when he was kind of like stepping away for a while, he did Dodger Stadium. The Beatles, one of their very last shows together, I think their second to last show ever was at Dodger Stadium. I saw Madonna there 15 years ago. Listen to this story. So I told you we went to Six Flags with Jamal Sims and his boyfriend on Friday. His, he's the choreographer from RuPaul's Drag Race and a, a lot of other things, right? And we we were talking, and I told him that I was surprising my husband with tickets to Lady Gaga at Dodger Stadium the next night. But I didn't I didn't say it where my where my husband could hear anything. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, have you ever seen a show there? And I said, yeah, years ago. Um, I was friends with another choreographer who choreographed uh, for Madonna. And so we were fifth row, like floor stadium, like floor seats, fifth row, Madonna, phenomenal. She started two hours late and she's always late, but it was worth the wait. And I said, I'll never forget one of the most iconic like numbers I've ever seen performed at any concert in my life was she did, I can't remember the, the song, but she did like a nine minute mashup performance of a couple of her biggest hits. And the entire time she was doing double Dutch jump roping and they were doing a whole jump roping routine, didn't miss a beat. And it was quick. And she was like, she looked like she's 25 years old and can do this forever. And she sang it live. And I remember being so impressed by Madonna, being like, how do you have that stamina? And how on earth can you think to sing and perform? Uh And also double Dutch the entire time. And you know what he says to me? I choreographed that number. He did two or three of the numbers from that tour. And one of them was the double Dutch one. And I about lost my mind. It, it was like I met like my like my idol. I was like, I've talked about this number for 15 years, and now I'm friends with the guy who choreographed it. It's just too cool. So I thought I amazing. I, I thought I'd give him a little shine because it, it was really a phenomenal performance at, at Dodger Stadium. You really have to be somebody to be able to sell out Dodger Stadium. It's 50 some thousand seats. I mean, it, it's a big arena. So uh, oh yeah, Lady Gaga was at peak Gaga. It's her sixth uh, her sixth tour and. It, by all accounts, it's her absolute best one. And it's the first time I've ever seen her do a full concert. And I was just blown away. So, so much fun. If you have a chance, I think she only has one or two more stops left in the United States. Uh, and then she heads to Asia, I believe. But if you can see Chromatica somewhere, see it. It's worth every penny. Um, Love it. Now that I'm done talking about my weekend, you want to do some news on the beat? Let's do it, honey. Uh, the government of California has banned all state-funded travel to Georgia in protest of House Bill 1084. Georgia's recently passed law banning transgender girls from playing on sports teams matching their gender identities. California has also banned all state-funded travel to Arizona, Indiana, Louisiana, and Utah as a result of each state recently enacting anti-LGBTQ legislation. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp signed the law in early April. Less than one month later, the Georgia High School Association, the athletic association that oversees Georgia high school sports, voted unanimously to enact a trans youth sports ban. The ban goes into effect 
at the start of the 2022 school year. All right, another news, the Montana Department of Public Health and Human Services has just adopted a rule change forbidding transgender people from changing the gender listed on their birth certificates. The rule change is just the latest in ongoing legal battle between the uh, Department of Public Health and Human Services, the state's Republican-led legislature, and trans Montanans seeking government documents that display their correct gender identities. Uh, the new rule says that a person's sex listed on a birth certificate can now only be changed if it was incorrectly entered by a data entry error or if the sex of the individual was misidentified on the original certificate and the department receives a correction affidavit and supporting documents, including a copy of the results of molecular DNA or genetic testing that identify the sex of the individual. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 72, I'm sorry, a high of 91 uh, with major rain happening right now. 83 in LA, a high of 90 in Palm Springs, 91 in Houston, 67 in San Francisco, 73 in Buffalo, 90 in Cathedral City, and 87 in Dallas. Now give us a vibe of the day. Put your heart, mind, and soul into even your smallest acts. This is the secret of success. Yeah, I love that. That's success. Beautiful. All right, coming up, uh, we're talking about a very resilient community, a school that centers around queer identity. It's happening, and we're talking about it coming up in seven minutes. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. You know, we we oftentimes on this show uh, talk about our community in a way that we hope uh, we can better ourselves, uh, help ourselves to be more understood so that the, the next generation can have it a little bit easier than we have it, right? And right now we're joined by a couple of people who are doing their best to make sure that that actually happens. Uh, we're talking to Thea Canby and Nicole Gustafson, um, who just founded a, a school in Georgia, Battleground State, Georgia, just flipped blue this last election, but still very, very problematic in some ways because my, my husband is from Atlanta. He knows intimately how difficult it is to be a queer black man from the South, right? Um, but they launched this school, and it, it if it does well, it could be a sort of model for how to make safe spaces for queer kids across the country. And they're joining us right now. Thank you so much for being on the program. How are you? Good. Hi, yeah, we're good. Thanks for having us. Well, let's talk about this because uh, on one hand, you know, the, this sounds so wonderful and I hope that it is. I hope that it's great. But there is a part of me in the back of my mind that feels a little bit heartbroken that we even need to do things like this. Like, why can't we all just live in harmony as opposed to what feels like retreating into our separate corners? Um, but talk to us about how important it actually is to give these queer kids a safe space to just learn. Yeah, so we're a queer-centered school, and there are plenty of cis-het-centered schools, and they're just called schools. Um, (laughs) So we think it's important to give our kids the opportunity to have their experiences centered, just as a lot of cis-het kids have day-to-day. Yeah, Um, it's a real safe place for them to just be themselves. Yeah, and we have kids who come from neighboring schools, like public schools, where they've experienced bullying or trauma from being unaffirmed at their schools um so sometimes they come to us for a year or two just to recover mm. and then go back into those schools wow to recover yeah, one thing we collected, 
Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, just just coming to a school to recover from another school is just heartbreaking Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. Yeah, it happens all the time. If there are kids that are listening right now, um, it's so important that they have this. How does the process work that they're able to even get into this school? Or or what do parents need to know that are maybe listening uh, to better help their children who might be really suffering? Yeah, so... We provide queer community. Um, we do that during the school hours, and we also have after-school activities, meetups, and we provide queer-centered sex ed on the weekends. Yeah. Um, so even kids who are in public school, we still feel uh, the need to support them. Yeah, give um, them some options. Yeah. And it is, it is a step. It is a sometimes a, a nervous step to lean into a private or micro-school like this. Yeah. Um, but our kids are getting an education that is centered around them yeah. and their passions yeah. and their interests and their needs. We have queer literature, queer history, earth science, but that isn't queer, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do lots of normal academic things. But yeah. Let's be honest. Mother nature, big lesbian. Everybody knows that. I mean, totally. obviously she loves us all. No, I, I, I love this. I, I can't imagine. I know growing up in Ohio in the eighties and nineties, how difficult it was to be a gay kid. I knew I was gay when I was five, probably. And I went, I went to Catholic school on top of that. So did Michaela. And so mm-hmm. that added another layer. I guess just plain angel's advocate because this is, this is, this is where I, my only concern is, right, is that so much of what I learned was from or what people have learned about gay people is from me being out and proud in my environments, right? And so mm-hmm. I guess my only concern is, and I'm sure you've th- thought about this and discussed this and have a great answer, but... For our straight counterparts who we want to understand us and to be allies and, and, and to do better, if they're not around us, if we're all going to separate schools now, because I'm thinking segregation, right? Black and white. If we're going to separate schools now, is there a potential that we just become further and further apart in the long run? Is that something you've had a discussion with parents about or with each other about? And, and if so, what is your like thought process on that. Yeah, we talk about that. Well, when we talked about leaning into a queer-centered school and labeling ourselves that way, because we were doing this work in another form, and we were basically queer-centered, but we weren't like saying that. Right. Yeah. Just by virtue of who we were and the place we were, queer kids were gravitating towards us and queer families. Um, so we did talk about that, and some people were worried. Well, our kids are going to live in the real world. Shouldn't they be prepared for the real world? And sure. we work with queer kids in Georgia. They are they are not hurting for experiences with hate. They have plenty of that. Mm-hmm. So giving them a space away from that is our hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of like community and segregating, queer community has been a big part of my life and has been important to queer culture for a long time. Yeah. And self-segregating isn't always the answer and we do we go we protest places we go out into the community and interact with other schools but queer community exists for good reasons and our kids are learning how to have found family and chosen family and what it means to be part of the community yeah and they're going to be the leaders of future queer communities and yeah i kind of feel bad for the folds who meet meet our kids growing up yeah (laughs) i I guess i feel yeah I feel like what you're trying to say is they have so much community and so much 
so much exposure that it's yeah. not really being segregated. It's they get to come to a space all day where they're safe and happy and pursuing yeah. their passions. And then they're still part of the, re- the wider network. Yeah. So a lot might, of them are here for Well, it sounds like you might, you might actually be creating leaders, queer leaders, that are actually yeah. going to have more tools to go out into the real world after they're in school and actually maybe change more hearts and minds because they're not hiding yeah. in, a, in a bathroom stall during lunch because they're afraid to get picked on. Yeah, or have to unpack all their stuff when they're adults, all the trauma that they picked up instead. Yeah, we talk about... They to be happy, full people and their kids. And we talk about doing our work so that when they grow up and get to do their work, they're not working on just surviving. Mm. They're working on thriving. Yeah. (laughs) This sounds so incredible. And honestly, like AJ and I, he kind of said it already, this would have been so beneficial for us. I know so many people that are listening uh, would have loved this opportunity as well. And it's just so exciting to see uh, what the future holds for our queer youth, that they have a very safe space, Mm -hmm. thanks to what you guys are doing. And uh, we appreciate having this conversation and and we appreciate what you're doing for LGBTQ youth because it's so important. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Yeah. (laughs) More voices lifting up other voices. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, we just like oh to hear gosh. ourselves talk. We don't really care, yeah, care we're about just best anybody else. Yeah, that that's like it. mess around. They pay us. I mean, that's why we're here. So, <laughs> no, you're fantastic. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. All right, coming up, we've talked about quiet quitting, uh, but what about a quiet firing? We've got that story for you coming up next. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon, Channel Q. A few weeks ago, we talked about a conversation that's been very, very prevalent on social media recently, and it's the concept of quiet quitting. Uh, Oftentimes, uh, used to talk about people who are at a job where maybe they don't feel valued or they don't feel like they're being paid or respected uh, what they deserve, and they slowly start to do less and less work and basically just phone it in. They just do enough work for what they feel like they're getting paid, right? The, The amount of work they think their boss deserves. And sometimes it's very, very valid. Sometimes people should quiet quit because if you're going above and beyond constantly and you're not getting any respect, you're not getting a raise, why on earth would you work harder, right? And I think working from home has allowed people to see, oh, I can get stuff done in four hours instead of 10. And so why on earth am I going to work so long, right? So I get it. You could also quiet quit a relationship by sort of just checking out, right? And and sort of moving on in your head before you even tell your partner. Well, the flip side of that is now got people talking as well. Quiet firing. Like, how do you know if you're being quiet fired? And this is really fascinating because if you've ever worked at a job where maybe you're not getting, I don't know, the responsibilities you once had, or they're giving the projects that you looked forward to to somebody else, or you're not getting a raise and you can't get an answer why from your boss, chances are you might be getting quiet fired without even realizing it. And it's a real thing. And this is something, you know, gosh, we work in radio and during a pandemic, radio struggled. And there were many, many months where we thought, is this going to keep going? Have they let us know and we just don't know yet? Um, Mm -hmm. So what do you think about this? This is a really like sort of interesting thing, but it's something that has been going on since the beginning of time. Yeah, I think it's just a really stressful situation. Um, and I think that quiet firing is just 
very unfair only because I think that, you know, people have families, people mm. have rent, people have bills. And if you're unhappy with somebody's performance or you simply can't pay them anymore, I think it should be a situation always at all times where you're very transparent with them. You let them know, you give them enough time because I think we've all been there. Just that really quick firing kind of leaves you jolted and all over the place. And especially if you, if you have children, um, that's, it can be a very stressful thing. It's scary. I was quiet fired once and it was very traumatic for me actually. And it was so traumatic probably because I was hosting a national talk show on Fox, right? I was on a major network hosting a show called Hollywood Today Live like seven or eight years ago. And I took one day off to fly home for a long weekend. I talk about this in my book. You know the story, Michaela. And I took one day off in the two hours or two years that I was working for this company to go home to see my family for a long weekend and to see an Ohio State football game, right? And when I took that time off, they freaked out. They're like, what are we going to do without you? I'm like, we'll figure it out. I have vacation time. So I'm sure you'll figure it out. And then I said, hey, why don't you call Ross Matthews? Because he's been on our show as a guest, and he's also a gay man. And if I'm not going to be in that chair, I would like another gay man there. At least have some queer representation. And I love him. I thought he was mm-hmm. super talented. Well, mm-hmm. they liked it so much, they hired him behind my back. And so for the last couple of weeks of my contract, I knew I was getting fired. Cause my gut just told me I was getting quiet fired. But oh, they, God, wouldn't, such a bad feeling. they wouldn't address it. They would not bring it up to me. I had to go on camera every single day live for an hour and act like everything was great, knowing that my three co-hosts all had renewal contracts and that mine was not sent. I did not get See, one. See, I think that's just so rude. Well, it's just so disrespectful. It's heartbreaking and it makes it difficult to get over because not only was I fired, I was fired and then it was in like the Hollywood Reporter and Variety and all the tabloids. Mm-hmm. It was like out there. So if for many years, if you looked on the internet, it saw my name. The first thing was that I got fired and replaced by Ross Matthews. That was difficult early in my career. And yeah. also, I tried to talk to my boss, who was the executive from Fox, who was overseeing our show. And I finally pulled him aside after my agents were like, yeah, you're not getting picked up when there's a, there's an offer out to somebody else. And I pulled my boss aside out on the sidewalk. I'm like, hey, because he's also a gay man and was sort of a mentor of mine. And I really looked up to him. And I thought that we had a good a, a friendship. And I said, hey. You know, if if something's going on, if if I'm not going to be here soon or if there's something I'm doing, you know, in my job not doing well, you can talk to me. It's okay. Like we can talk about it. I would like to know. And he's like, "Well, there's nothing. I don't know what you're talking about." And I'm like, "Well, I know that I know my contract's not getting p- picked up." And he's like, "Well, I don't know anything about that." And I'm like, "Yes, you do. You do know because you've offered one to somebody else because my agents know because they talk to each other." Right. Yeah. And I said, so so if there's something I can do so down the road at my next job, I don't run into the same mistakes. And he looked me in my eyes. He was so he was so uncomfortable, so uncomfortable being confronted. Right. And this guy probably makes five hundred thousand dollars a year. He looked me in my eyes and he said, well, we feel like you're all icing and no cake. Meaning that I was all fluff and that I had no substance to me. And I was like, whoa, okay, and you're bringing in Ross Matthews. God love him, but he is like fluff. He's the king of fluff. It's what he does. It's his entire career. It's his brand. It's what he's known for. And that hurt me. It hurt me. So if you are an employer and you're quiet firing someone, maybe just rip the Band-Aid off because 
you're probably doing more damage in the long run than you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we, people people need to know where they stand with their jobs. Yes. Okay, don't be shady. Don't Respect. Be a We're all adults. Yeah. All right. Coming up. This is so exciting. I'm so excited about this story. Little kids are reacting to a new movie trailer. It's a remake of one of the classics, and it is so sweet. We've got those details in what's popping. Good morning, B. Channel Q. So, so history was made this weekend at the D23 Expo, Disney's big expo, um, and Michaela has that for us. It's very heartwarming. What's popping? God will listen. The Little Mermaid was my favorite, favorite movie growing up. I had the bed sheets, the curtains, the doll. I was like obsessed. Same girl, and same. Yes, <laughs> yes. Literally, literally. And there's a trailer out now for Disney's live action, The Little Mermaid. We've got a clip. Let's take a listen. I don't actually believe we have the clip available just yet. Uh, a little bit of technical difficulty happening, but oh, uh, but I will that's okay. S- Let's talk about it. Yeah. I, listen, it's so precious because why it's so exciting as well is that Halle Bailey uh, is playing the Little Mermaid Ariel, and for every little black girl and black little boy, it's huge. It's monumental, and it's beautiful to see the diversity. And little kids are just losing their minds being able to see that type of representation Mm. seeing themselves and it's so cute because all the little kids are losing their minds but it just goes to show how important representation is and um she's phenomenal she's so so talented so chloe and hallie are sisters they were a sister musical act that were sort of brought up by beyonce beyonce is their big their big supporter she manages their careers um and our producer vanessa does actually have some of that audio that you referred to a moment ago take a listen Voice is beautiful. She's black! Mama, she's black! Mm-hmm. What? Mama! Give me a black Ariel! What? I mean, if, if that reaction doesn't say it all, I mean, growing up, we just assumed, and we can maybe to some degree relate a little bit as queer people. But the color of our skin has always been white and passable, right? And and we're yeah. and we're part of the mainstream, and so we've never been shocked by seeing a character that represents us necessarily. And the the fact that this child screamed, "Oh my God, Ariel's black!" This was announced in 2019, but to see it and to see that she has the red hair, but she has dreadlocks in her hair, it's, it's perfect. There's a little girl, and my, my husband showed me last night. He was crying on the couch. He's like, sent me this TikTok. Of this young girl, she was maybe three years old, maybe four, and she was watching with her mom, and her mom was recording her the whole time. She watched the trailer for the first time. She goes, oh, "I, I think she's brown. I think brown Ariel is cute. I think she's brown." Like, if you don't understand how important representation is, if you don't understand. Um, how problematic it is that all of these stories have been centered on the white experience since the beginning of time. You're missing the point. And and there was a there was actually a hashtag that was trending back in 2019 when they announced that Ariel was actually going to be played by, by a black actress. And the hashtag was not my Ariel. And it was trending then. It's trending again now. A lot of people are really, really upset about this. Guess what? Ariel's a made-up character. She's a fish woman. Like, she's literally a fish woman. 
Like, so the fact that, like, she happened to be white the first time, great. Well, she happens to be black this time, and I think that's awesome. Well, and, you know, I got to say, I've been spending so much time, and I, I'm so grateful about, about it, with my six-year-old niece. She turned six on Saturday. That's my little baby doll. And she's so pure. Watching her, she's so sweet and just excited about life and just loves me and loves her family and it's those little babies that get to see ariel like six and five they're just such a precious age well you got to protect that to feel proud you got to protect that and show them that they're worthy because what happens is kids get older and they learn from adults and they learn Mm -hmm. what they're what they learn oftentimes is i'm not good enough I don't look the right way. I don't act the right way. And then you become a full adult like us and you have to spend years and years in therapy to fix it. So I think this is Mm -hmm. so awesome. Absolutely. All right. Coming up, uh, if you invite someone for work advice, are you obligated to pay them? People are going to have to start paying for advice and I'm going to be making a lot of money if that's the case (laughs) coming up next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. This is a fascinating conversation, not because I think it's really a debatable conversation, to be honest, because I feel like this one's a pretty uh, straightforward uh, response. But someone wrote into an advice column, Michaela, and said, I invited the mentor for a coffee. She's a senior executive and I'm a recent graduate, so she earns a lot more than me. Who pays for this, me or the executive? And when I read this, I thought to myself, wow, like some people are just clueless because to me, it's very obvious that if you invite somebody, it doesn't matter how much money they make. If you're inviting them for advice to help you, you're paying for that coffee every single time. Am I crazy in thinking that? Um, Not at all. I think that it's just obvious that if you, even in, in, if it's not business, you just, if you invite somebody, you pay because you invited them. Sure. Now, if it's like if it's like a lunch or something that, that, or a dinner, that might be a little different because if you're friends with somebody, it's like, hey, let's grab dinner soon. I don't think in those situations you necessarily have to. You can decide. I pick up the tab sometimes. My friends pick up the tab sometimes. You and I do that. You've picked up the tab at Cheesecake Factory. I've picked up the tab at Cheesecake Factory. It's the only place we go. Um, but... I think when it comes to something like this, it's just silly to me, and it kind of makes me a little bit sad that this young person, uh, obviously they're not making much money, but if you're trying to get ahead, because chances are the executive is still going to pick up the tab. They're going to be like, no, I insist. It's on the company card. It's fine. Whenever somebody says that, whenever somebody says it's on the company card, I stop arguing. Because then I take, I'm like, okay, it's not you paying for it. It's the company. I don't care about that. I care about, right? We had a, um, a lunch a few weeks ago, and we had... So this is the opposite of this. We had set up a meeting with somebody who's actually an old roommate of ours from like six years ago, I think. And she's now uh, an executive at a production company. And we're trying to sell a couple of TV shows. And so we have meetings, two or three meetings per week, right? And so we finally got together with her. And she wanted to do an in-person lunch because we're friends and we've known each other for years. And we got there and we ordered. It was kind of an expensive lunch. And I went to pay because we set up the meeting. She goes, oh, absolutely not. I'm like, honey, you're not paying for this. Like, You're doing us a favor by being here. She goes, it's the company card. And I said, absolutely go ahead and pay. I put my card away and I didn't offer at all. I didn't fight her on it because that's a little bit different. But then on the flip side, I we have drinks coming up this week, uh, this weekend. 
with an executive from one of the major networks. And he's also, I talked about him recently. He's an old friend of mine. We used to bartend together, right? And now he's a casting director. And he asked if we could meet him for drinks on Friday. And I said, absolutely. Now, even in that scenario, I'm probably going to try to pick up at least the first round of drinks because he has something that I would like. And that is an opportunity, right? So I think whenever you're taking somebody out or getting drinks or coffee or whatever with somebody and they're able to help you, yeah, is the world going to end if you don't pick up the tab? No. But are you going to, are they going to fight tooth and nail to give you another chance and help you advance in your career? Probably not. Right. Yeah. I think it's just the thing to do. And I think that it goes back to like respect and being like traditional. Mm -hmm. And I think that young kids just don't know that like, you just got to pay, honey. If you take somebody out and you invite them, you just pay. If they have a business card, then you let them pay. But yeah, if you're asking for someone's advice uh or for their help and also the right thing to do go to starbucks or coffee bean you don't have to go to like a bougie you don't even have to go to like blue bottle coffee or like one of like the fancier coffee shops just go to like a little local coffee shop or starbucks and 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 drop the ten dollars for two coffees it'll be worth it yeah totally it's an investment tell me something good i'll tell you something great we did talk about this story last week when this was announced but we're getting to it now because it needs, it deserves its flowers. It was just announced, I think, Wednesday or Thursday, so it's not too old. But Shangela is set to perform as the first drag queen in the history of Dancing with the Stars. And this is what I also love about this, that not only is Shangela performing uh, amongst all of these other, you know, cis-hetero couples, Shangela is also performing with Gleb, uh, who's one of the male dancers. So I love that they did not think, okay, well, Shangela is a man in real life in their brains, so we're going to put Shangela with a woman and make something weird happen there. They're actually allowing Shangela to be Shangela and perform with a male as she should, which is really exciting. Yes. We saw that they're getting more open to diversity with JoJo Siwa. She performed with another female because she identifies as a lesbian. Um, but it's interesting that Shangela is performing as a female. I assume, I believe Shangela, out of drag, identifies as a gay man still, correct? Shangela has not transitioned or anything as far as I know. Um, so it's interesting, though, that they're, they're, but then, so essentially they're giving this person another man, which is, as a gay man, that's what you'd want anyway. So it's a win-win, I think. Yeah, first of all, I think it's incredible. But also, my little person that I'm obsessed with, that you're such good friends with and have worked together uh, quite often, Jesse James Decker. She's also is part in the, of the cast. Crew. Yes. I love her. Uh, my buddy, Jordan Sparks. It's a really great cast. I yeah. think it's going to be really fun. And I uh, love Shangela. I'm so happy that she's uh, part of it. I think it totally makes sense. Totally, totally. All right, this story is adorable. Uh, a little docky needed a little schnooky schnooky. So he broke into a woman's house. Uh, a woman woke up one morning to find a little doggy <laughs> snuggled up next to her. And uh, he was looking for some cuddles. A little doggy broke into this woman's house. And uh, she realized that he was looking for a little huggy and a kiss. And so she did. They, she, they, they snuggled. And I will say that my sister-in-law has a cat named Major. Um, and 
major came about because it was the neighbor's cat and this cat broke into Lisa's sister's house and started uh, making himself at home every single day. He would not leave for one year. And now he is officially Lisa's sister's cat. He has his whole life there now. Uh, he refuses to leave. And so I really respect and admire these animals. I think that they're really great communicators and asking for what they want. And what they want is snuggles and smoochies. <laughs> I love it. Listen, I snuggle my dog all day, every single day, especially Sunday nights before I have to go to work because we were out a, we were out a lot this weekend. We went to go see, you know, uh, Lady Gaga on Saturday. On Friday, we went to Out on the Mountain, which was really, really fun. Um, we went with uh, Jamal Sims and his partner. Jamal Sims, a choreographer from RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. We went on, yeah, we went on a double date Friday night to Six Flags out on the mountain. We were gay and we rode roller coasters. Heidi and Closets was supposed to perform, but she got sick and couldn't make it. But we still had a blast uh, riding coasters in the rain. Then Lady Gaga Saturday brunch yesterday with some friends uh, in West Hollywood. So I had like the gayest, most perfect weekend. But the end of yeah. it, the end of it, I came home and cuddled my dog so hard last night because I love him and I missed him. So I totally understand this. Yeah, yeah. We love our little doogie doogies. All right. Well, thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Uh, coming up tonight on Loveline, be sure to catch it at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, where Dr. Chris talks about invisible divorce and uh, avoiding intimacy with sex. He's having that very important conversation, so make sure you tune in. For now, you've got three hours of curated music just for you. Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.